Hello, my name is Kevin, and I'm being shamefully exiled naked on the back of a donkey. And I'm Michael, and I'm not a Nazi, because I've lived in America longer than you've been alive. And welcome to Subtitle Cinema, a podcast dedicated to non-American films. Each week, we'll be watching a film from a different country. We invite you to watch at home so you can follow along. This week, Bakurao, directed by Kleber Mendonca, a psychedelic thriller about a town retaliating against the violent forces encroaching upon their rural village. Bakurao. Baku... I hate that so much. Bakuro? Bakuru? Bakurao. I think it's Bakurao. I think it's Bakurao. Okay. But you can say it Bakuru. Bakuru? <laughs> uh, this movie was really good. This movie was fantastic. This movie was Brazilian film, relatively recent, and it's cool to see sort of these like art house sort of contemporary movies coming out of other countries, you know, like when other countries are pushing these limits, kind of where where do they fall, like where do they end up? Where are they coming from? Where are they coming from at it? Yeah, and I think Baccarat is just a really cool intersection of so many different things. I thought it looked gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I thought the big themes we are going to discuss about resisting colonialism, imperialism, gun culture, like... What it, what it means to live communally, what it means to live individually, all yeah. of these things kind of bundled up in this very suspenseful, yes. tense, beautiful, thrilling, <laughs> criminal, <laughs> disturbing, like easily yes. disturbing, bloody. Yeah, uh, we'll put some advisories on before this one. However, don't let that stop you. It was gorgeous. It was well worth watching. It felt very rooted in the Brazilian ideologies mm-hmm. and lenses that we yeah. got to see. Definitely lenses. I, I feel like this is a, a very representative film about sort of microcosms I imagine are spread all throughout Brazil. So I did some 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 Googling, some I, preparation. I hear your pages flipping. Yeah, you like you know, me and the viewers. Oh. I keep saying viewers, subscribe to my YouTube channel, listeners, Uh, listeners. We found ourselves in a quilombo, quilombo. Okay, let me see. Uh, Like as if I can ever pronounce it. This one? Yeah, the first one. Is it an O or an A? It's a Q-U-I-L-O. O-M-B-O. Quilombo? Yes. Quilombo? And and it's a, a, that's basically a settlement created by runaway slaves um, that's what well, that's what Bokurao is? Generally. I think that it, it's sort of emblematic of what this sort of community derives from. Sort yeah. Of, kind of the culture that's developed. That's also why it's such a sort of misfit sort of village. Like, you know, you'd think maybe it'd be sort of a homogenic culture. Does that not get that? Homogenic. Yeah, no, you, where everyone's kind of the same. Yeah, but it's not. It's definitely, you know, misfits, outcasts, it oddballs. Is. But they all kind of form their own community and they all have their own sort of communal practices that allow them to sort of to mesh and, and form like their own distinct culture. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have the unity of a town, but you absolutely have a lot of disagreements within it. Yeah. I mean, think about Domingo. Dominga. 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 That was your name, right? Dominga? Y- yes. Yeah. Uh, introduced in the windowsill. <sighs> slamming that window shut. That was so funny. Whore! That was... Slut! <laughs> like, what a home... Okay, first of all, the lead actress... Yes. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So we start with her and her homecoming. The grandmother, who I understood to be kind of like a matriarchal, very yeah. protective, pretty much like emblematic of the village as a whole, yeah, I'd say. When you or at see, least connected when to you everyone. see, um, you know, her husband, sort of the, the other elder figure, I mean, he kind of operates as like a teacher. He operates kind of as a spokesperson. So I imagine she kind of occupied a similar role. Or, she, you know, it's not really a defined authority, but people listen to her and she's their, wise. Their leadership. Yeah. Their, their spiritual leadership as well in that. Because I, I think we see that in yeah. him with his teachings and 
Okay, first of all, they were all on like psychedelic. I was about drugs. to say. So, <laughs> so in this funeral, we get introduced to like the psychedelic component of this movie, where they all just like are tripping. That was really cool. Yeah, but also like what? It was cool. They like, all like what? ate that seed, and then when yeah. the, the coffin when they... was flooding water. Yes, yes. Oh, thanks for connecting those dots. Honestly, because yeah. I remember watching the movie live and being like, "What's going on?" Yeah, like I was. I felt that a few times. <laughs> I felt that, but all in positive ways. Because this movie yeah, was got a lot going on. It does have a lot going on. Immediately presents a style that I'm I'm so on board with. Mm-hmm. You get the weirdness pretty early on with the first part with the coffins. Yes, you get the weirdness really early on with the coffins and then the first one I also that really struck me was the bullet holes in the water tank yeah. and then there was no trail of that water spilling out. When yeah. he looked at that, I was like, "Whoa. How how did that happen?" Like, yeah. I'm confused right now. Well, I thought it was sort of the white white supremacist. It was. Yeah, yeah we learned shooting. later that it was their contractor or whatever, yeah. but before we see the white people, I was definitely trying to figure this movie out. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, what the town meant, like, why it was isolated, why these kind of weird, like... Because before you get these terrible white people, you don't really have a common thread yet to understand where a lot of these strange things are... Are building to. Yeah, or where they might be coming from or their source. Yeah. So just three bullet holes with seemingly no cause that appear suddenly is... Very strange. Yes. Very weird Western. I, I think the sort of just the building of the the world building in this movie in general is a little odd. You know, we're in this 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 kind of rural community, but it's still like this techno futurist. Like we all have like iPads from the future, and it's not so distant. Like they're using like Google Maps or whatever. Yeah. But it, it is definitely situated in sort of like a parallel timeline where it's not really so far in the future that things are different but it does have this sort of infusion of tech into it that kind of has this sort of mirrored effect like uh the dj slash crier <laughs> who's rolling into town on his With mic his, yeah and his like d- dual tv screen yeah, truck dropping the news uh, when that truck rolled in that's kind of when i knew i was like oh you know kind of anything's on the table really okay why? Just because I, I was like, we're gonna about to have a guy. This is so outlandish that already you kind of just have to be able to pick things up without really questioning them. Like, obviously, we're not trying to play super hard in the realm of reality. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, we're really more concerned about just like what's going on in the plot. Yeah, like what's happening on screen. Yeah, like we're gonna our story is gonna be in this vehicle, and the vehicle's gonna have like flames. Don't look to it. <laughs> I I interpreted actually. Because much later on, once we get the white people in their, like, clear phones and these these much more advanced technologies, I suppose, it clicked for me the iPhones that all of the people in Bakura had as these are more maybe hand-me-downs or, like, less advanced when compared to the other technologies that we're seeing the other people use. In that sense, I I definitely feel like it is maybe like a pair like, I feel like it's very situated in our reality, but just if it was a little, a little in the future... Because in the same way that, you know, we have, like, white tourists with giant iPad iPhones show up to, like, weird rural village, and the rural villagers have, like, the flip phones yeah. that we all had in, like, middle school, that's the same kind of, like, tech gap that I yeah. read in this movie with yeah. the iPhones and then the clear phones. But the, all that tech sort of exists within the realm of the movie, and it's exhibited, it's explored, it's used. You know, you see in that flying saucer drone? Oh, I loved that UFO. That was such I an was odd moment. So, yeah, the first time we saw it, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on what's going on right now yeah like, this movie really did just have like a lot of oddballs it did and i loved it for it because it definitely felt like you're gonna strap in and you're gonna like take this ride the first 
sequence, basically at the beginning, yeah, when it was like a few years in the future, yeah, I totally thought we were gonna have like flash forwards, flashbacks. Yeah. So when that never happened, first of all, like great technique. Second of all, I are, are you referring to when there's a quick shot of like he's the wind blowing his shirt up to reveal uh, a gun in his waistband? I was just thinking of whenever we saw the text on screen that was like a few years in the future, uh, and uh, I thought uh, that was when the truck was driving up. I thought that was like basically right away. I think it was. There was a lot of stuff, like, sort of setting-wise, that was situated were, in the beginning. Exactly, yeah. The reason I bring it up is because, like I said, I thought we were going to have flashbacks and forwards, and we didn't, which I was also super into. But I kind of forgot that it was set in the future yeah. until we saw the newer tech. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is a bit removed from our contemporary times. Because it, it feels rooted in it because of the cell phones that we can recognize. Yeah. So when we finally get something we don't recognize, it's like, oh, yeah. That's a reminder. I think it kind of serves like this whole, like this rural village is not necessarily left behind, but the rest of the world is such a constantly expanding, morphing, changing, interlinked, you know, space that it, it not only do they not necessarily care to, but they're not really along for that ride because they're busy living their own lives. You know, they're dealing with food shortages or dealing with water shortages. You know, this sort of modernization that brings all this tech also erected a dam that cut off the water supply, a dam that was sort of if you know sponsored if not allowed by their you know Tony. incompetent silly so ridiculous weird. local official mayor who is a clown and a half he's completely disconnected i read their sort of tech lag indicative of their isolation as a village they're definitely as you said kind of left behind a little bit maybe not thought of as much i mean we see clearly from the mayor that he really only cares about them for their vote yeah and doesn't care to even give them non-expired food he doesn't care well, about like, them as people got a dump truck just dump in yeah. books oh my God, which was, so I, that was pretty funny that was though. hilarious though yeah. i was like wow tony <laughs> so yeah i think it goes to show that bakurao has always had to be self-sufficient they've always had to rely on their community and themselves because they would not receive help from the outside because they're isolated because they have dams because the the their ways of being are being increasingly encroached upon and altered by forces that are outside of them. Namely, you know, big businesses, sort of large state entities. We'll return to that because exactly. I think that manifests itself both in just the kind of the community's history, as we see in the museum, but also uh, is kind of manifested through guns, which is a huge point in this we'll, movie. We'll, we'll definitely we'll get, dwell we'll get on that for a second. second. But first, the mayor. The mayor. Okay, Tony Jr. He went... The whole first town is up. hiding. You see him from a distance. They, like, they call Tony, him out. Every time you're, in case you didn't hear, Tony's coming. <laughs> like, you hear that like eight times. I love it so much. And then he's just like trying to get there. None of them are coming out. And, and, and that and then, sussed me out. I thought the mayor was about to like have some weird violent crackdown. And in a way, oh, I'm glad he didn't. He did take away like like one of the younger Yeah, yeah. Way to like show us that the mayor is an ultimate scumbag. Yeah, definitely like is pretty transparent. You know, the, the, the woman in charge of her was yelling, oh, yeah, he's taking her against her will, you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Multiple women came up and went, she doesn't want to go. Yeah. You're taking her anyway. When Domingo was talking to, to him yeah. and he... He gave her that look, yeah. like, you know, like, I am I'll, a man in power. A future dick to the chickens. <laughs> I love that line from her. But he, he, that, I really want to praise the mayor for that bit because it really conveyed the, oh, I'm entertaining the ramblings of a mad woman because you don't have any power over the situation. So I'm going to, like, put on a fuck you face yeah. and, like, let you play out before I roll up my window. That was like, a good rolling ugh, up the window. It was, though. but I, it definitely made me hate Tony. Well, made me understand why they hate Tony. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole village is not on Tony's team. <laughs> no, rightfully so. 
So yeah, Tony's a hoot and a half. We'll touch on him later. As oh, we he'll get come back. back. To him. He'll yeah. come back. But man, yeah, his introduction was something else. Speaking of introductions, uh, kind of as you mentioned earlier, Domingo's Domingo. introduction. Yeah, let's actually let's actually get into it. Yeah, let's give her a, like give her a little spotlight. Let's send off your grandmother. Yes, <laughs> I don't want to repeat what she said. <laughs> she, but you should know if you're watching. She showed up to the funeral and really just like hurled. Was it was almost out of character. As we would find out for the rest of the movie. I yeah, mean, it later like, it was it was you know mentioned. Oh, mm-hmm. she's drinking. She's not like yeah. She's, she, she's, she's sweet sad, when she's whatever. sober. Like look, look. If we understand the grammar to be her like best friend and they were inseparable and all these things, you know, it makes sense that at her funeral maybe she'd misbehave yeah. as she as she says later on. But wow, yeah, she's definitely. <laughs> and she was pulling that chair out like after she's. Oh, being she's being like dragged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was great. On the same scene, just kind of speaking to this community and the ways that they unite and interact, I really was touched by the suitcase. The very oh, brief suitcase yes. sequence where they're like, here's your suitcase, and just, just everyone, like, suitcase, like, yeah. ha ha ha, we're all gonna help. We're all gonna get, it. like, a t- hand on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, we are gonna show, like, physically, like, she has returned. Teresa, I believe her name is, but I'm not positive because we didn't hear her name, like, that much. Yeah. The gorgeous lead actress. Yeah. She's returned. The community is going to hold her. And we're all a part of this welcoming back. Mm-hmm. So, very beautiful how she's just kind of enmeshed within them again so seamlessly. And she's also bringing back, like, vaccines, whereas the mayor was bringing, like, opioids Expi- or whatever. Yeah, like, expired food, bad anal medicine that makes you dumb. And yeah. Like, yeah, like according to Dominga, yeah. you know, like, I believe it. It's Tony for God's sakes. But yeah, Dominga, a great character when she's confronting the German. Oh, I'm glad. Yep, that's what uh, I was thinking of too. You know, she's playing the, the American she's music powerful. in the background. It was very. I, I very it's diplomatic. Much, it is diplomatic, but I, I I just felt like she was dunking on him at like every turn somehow. You mm-hmm. know, like she kept up, and not only did she keep up, but she. You know, she stayed alive, and he says he doesn't kill women, but whatever. She stayed alive. She kind of, she kind of like beat him. I in thought that he, sense. I thought he killed her because I, he started lying just about everything else that he was saying right after he said I don't oh, kill women. Right. And so I was like, well, so he killed she, her. Did right? she, she did survive though, right? She did. She, she did was, come she, back. She, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Sorry, I was like, I didn't misremember Dominguez's death. That I would be so upset about that. No. So yes, we're introduced to this town. It's very lovely. It's very everyone kind of knows each other. Everyone knows their business. It's that small town dynamic, but. Unlike American small towns, which can sometimes be maybe a little have a little more vitriol to them, we we get a sense that these people are very close to each other, yeah, and and know how to live in harmony more or less with with each other. When those two bikers show up, these two, not white, but <laughs> well, according to who? <laughs> according to the white, <laughs> these outsiders. Yes, um, they these show foreigners. Up they're really wickedly colorful biker they, outfits. They are vaporwave. Yeah, and this they, they come right as the, the water tanker is being shot. Yes, which is very suspicious. Yes. You should look into it. Um, They they show up, get the little city pop, and then I, I was a little confused a little for a brief moment yeah, because what? I didn't really know. When they when they put a device yeah. underneath the table yeah. in that restaurant, Did what to what effect was that, that for? That was the signal jammer. That was what was causing uh, everyone to lose the city. Their mission was to go in the town to make sure that no one had any. Because they uh, that does make sense. Because I was like, they were using their phones a little bit earlier, and then suddenly they were jammed, and I was like, all right, yeah, you know. just a little more on like the foreign bikers. That's you true. have them come into this very close knit community. Immediately, everyone is pretty suspicious, yeah. especially because of the timing. You get the old man with a guitar, like mildly harassing them. I real quick blinds. 
old blind man playing instrument. He had the dark sunglasses. Oh, I suppose, yeah. But you know that that archetype. Every time it makes its way into a movie, be it like Hero or Baccarat, always kills it. It hits. It hits every single time. Yes. If you have an old blind man in your movie playing music, like I love you. Shout out Kung Fu Hustle. Please watch Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> the bikers. The bikers. We get introduced to the white people vis-a-vis the bikers. Yes. The bikers return to the mission. Well, as the bikers are returning they, from the farm. They run into the, the two that happened to this investigate. Yes. Yeah. Because they were turning the horses that went yeah, okay. stumbling through. Yes. Let's touch upon that too because the horses coming out. This is still before you really have an understanding of what's going on. So I still try to figure out this movie is like, whoa. Where do these horses come from? Yeah. Like, is this town... I was almost like, is this town, like, existing in a space, like, unlinked to the space around it? Did these yeah. horses, like, appear because we're, like, temporally dislodged? Like, is this some weird, like... Because, you know, it feels like they shouldn't be there. There's, yeah. like, a stampede of horses suddenly in main road. And, you know, the movie kind of has presented itself that really anything could be the case. Yeah, and this very uncertain blurring the line between a few things. So I was like, I don't even know what's happening here. Yeah. And then we figured out... And so, you know, the, those two men who are turning the horses happen right. upon this massacre at this, this At this farm. ranch, hence why all the horses are gone. Bikers run up on them, mm-hmm. shoot them to try and preserve the do, plot. Do. And then return to this little band of white well, supremacists. Well, before they get there, Madame UFO tries to knock him off the That's dry. true. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, when, when she's like, haha, I'm going to, like, bump into him. Watch this, guys. I'm going to, yeah, first of all, when we hear that English voice, and she's like, Oh, when they start, start speaking American English? Oh Oh, yeah, baby. Talk about representation. Where are we? (laughs) This isn't what I signed up for. When it was their English, but with subtitles. That's subtitled cinema. That is, baby. (laughs) God dang it. (laughs) We did not choose a Brazilian movie to hear anything but Portuguese. And yet, we got some good English. We got some we got some wild English. They return. Some. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Um, Michael. They get some weird looks. The German. Michael. Yeah. That's not <clears throat> Mike. You were Go. Michael. No. <laughs> He's like, why did you kill them? To get the plan. And uh they get a very uncomfortable encounter. Yeah. Real the dialogue that they have about who's actually white. First, That's what I was Yeah, yeah. They, they caught me off guard a little bit because I was like, well, this is just going to be like a blatant conversation about the definitions of whiteness, who qualifies, right. you know, what what sort of backgrounds you need to have to qualify to what be white. What features, too. Yeah, I mean, they specifically mentioned Yeah, hers. her nose and her mouth yeah. give her away, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. why are you doing this? And like, they ugh. all get the, the message in their earpiece to shoot them and get points for it. And, you know, oh. the, the whole safari was understood by me mm-hmm. um but i was always curious about like well who's telling them what who's giving them points how are they getting points? i imagine it's by kills by kills yeah by Could, probably you know probably by kills but also by like what the killed person was doing maybe or like, where, like yeah. some weird arbitrary like nasty yeah some nastiness some nastiness sure. yeah i was very curious about who the voice in their ear was because later on, we hear them talking to each other, but there is always that kind of unintelligible... Like, how many times yeah, do we get yeah. the caption, like, unintelligible yeah. speech? <laughs> um, and I think that was a pretty illuminating. I mean, I think it's it's kind of obvious that these are a bunch of, you know, white supremacists yes. trying to... For whatever motivations that they had... Just like, killing, like, brown people. Yeah. I kind of liked that they ha- kind of had separate motivations. One person was there to, like, I don't know, like, vent, vent his anger his ex-wife. and, yeah, like, and kill these, quote, criminals. Yeah, you know, that dichotomy was definitely set up by that person. Yeah. One person was just... Well, that I one chick like was killing, just trying to get off. That one chick was trying to get off. That one guy with the haircut 
You you know he, what we're talking about. You know, you know you know what we're talking about. He was like, I just want to slaughter people. Like, like, I, I, I sure these are all clearly like psychotic people. All Whereas like the German was there for some sort of sport. yeah. The German was there for un, uh, similarly unclear but very complex reasoning. I yeah. suppose. I liked it when he was killing white people. That was awesome. That was awesome. Any other time, I was like, I hate you. Although, let's return to that. Yeah, we'll we'll get. So. We meet this weird squad. We get the idea that a lot of the weird happenings, basically all of the weird happenings, are attributed to because of them. Yes, yeah. at least all the killings, all the horses, therefore, and uh, the water tanker as well. And so, after all these massacres, the community reaches out to some former members. The community through Pacote. Let's here's another. Pacote. Here's another. Here's another character spotlight. Yeah. We're gonna be going all around this movie. Oh so yeah. Stay tuned. Pacote. We see him up front in the beginning. Because him and Theresa, I hope her name is Theresa because I... It is now. It is. Pacote in the beginning is trying to distance himself from his old name. He's trying to go by Akasi or something, I believe. Yeah. As a way to move past his murderous past. His hitman Yeah, he used to be a part of Lunga's gang, I believe we're led to understand. Lunga was the stranger we're reaching out to, but Pacote is... Trying to put it behind him, and then now, because that the town is under attack, he becomes Pocote again. Yes. He kind of reassumes that role, and reassuming this role, that is what enables him to reach back out to Lunga and say, Hey, I know you've been kind of pushed out of the town to this outpost, because a lot of the townsfolk don't maybe agree with what you're doing. Yeah. At least the elderly man, the wife of the dead grandmother, yeah. does not agree with them. But we're under attack. You're low on resources. We need you. We need your expertise to fend off this threat. They go get him. They bring him back. Um, this, I thought, was really cool because Lunga, to me, felt... He felt like a very queer character. I yeah. think we see that in his fashion. nails, in his fashion, um, in his almost a little androgynous presentation. Yeah. And he's this kind of queer character who is in a position of power, of authority, of a lot of agency, so I I very much interpreted him as something someone operating kind of outside of the box, outside of the village. Yeah. But that is what enabled him to kind of do what needed to be done to in fulfill a necessary role. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a lot of queerness in this movie, be it from like visible trans characters. I mean, obviously they're not incredibly prominent, but there's definitely part of the community, and it's it's you know I, I think normalized i think it's also kind of normalized within brazilian culture in general Shut not up. i shouldn't say in general because brazil is a big place it is very big and there are definitely like, yeah. <laughs> their cities are a little yeah, but, right i mean you also have like a, you know the prevalence of prostitution which is also kind of considered a little bit a lot more acceptable than in perhaps you, the context there of the are US, certainly a lot of places who will very intentionally very hard like very intensely shun that or try to stifle it Whereas, seen embrace here. you know, here it's, it's you know, I think a little bit more normalized in the context of this village. I think so, too. I um, think it's great. Celebrated, even, perhaps. Perhaps, yes. Yeah. Definitely as a means for something. I mean, think about how many times we saw them on screen doing yeah. their stuff. We see, you see a lot of sex it's, on screen. We, a lot, yes, yeah. very much so. A lot of different functions of sex, whether it's Therese and Pacote and that... I, I, I don't quite know how to read that because... They're, they're like, they were like an old thing. They were like an old thing, but it's also like right as she gets back, right after her grandmother's death. He's well, like, aren't you in mourning? I see like, no, no better time. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. So you see it all the like. I'm pretty sure wasn't it Lunga and the prostitutes kind of like always? No, it was some. It was someone else yeah, who had yeah. the anime it, poster. It was, it was that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we see it all the time. It's definitely not something that is hidden or nearly as taboo. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was searching for. So they bring Lunga back to the village. 
they dig to bury these bodies of the the recently dead community members and the the supermarket manager shoots a child in oh, the dark. Yeah, that gosh, okay. I thought that sequence was one of this movie's strongest moments because you know something's about to go awry. I'm, I'm glad you think that too, because I thought I thought so. I thought that was a great scene. Right? Because you're constantly waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, because like, okay. you know, like, the child's going to the dark. Exactly. You know, like, this, something's gonna happen. Exactly. So, every single turning point, it was like, okay, well, he's going off. Maybe he's about to die, and then he comes back, and it's like, I'm still, like, waiting for a child to get shot, yeah. which is a very, like, gruesome, very intense. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see this child get shot, but, like, I know I'm probably going to see a child get shot, and it's like... <gasps> you didn't. I'm glad it didn't happen on screen. Me too. Uh, I would like tasteful. to cite City of God yes. for be- handling certain similar <laughs> manners very differently. You know, watch City of God if you want. Be very warned. It's deeply graphic, and... It's a reason that we did not do it for this podcast. But I think this handled it from everything from, from you know, there is still like that shock value, but you also, it's like a suppressed shot. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of handles sort of the the quiet sinisterness of it mm, without being like so that. blatant and like overt. And then obviously he's coming up later with, oh, he could have been 16. Yeah, give me a break. God, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. You still get the children's responses, you get their screams, you get the tragedy of the village, you get the impact of this child's death, and you don't need to see, like, a bloody, like, child. You get that horny couple who guns down that one Kate, car that and people... was so terrible. I mean, I saw it coming a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when she's, like, elated, yeah, yeah, after killing a person yeah. who, you know, they obviously, like, don't see as people, although yeah. they, they see them as points, really. Yeah. From there, I think that kind of really gets, like, the village into gear. Right. Um, because, you know, you've really crossed a bit of a threshold right. at that point. And the the digging is kind of the the segue into that. Because at first it's just kind of for grave. But because Lunga went to this... What is this? There's, like, a Sewer sigil? gate grave oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, that. And then came back to where he was and then chose there to dig. You know, that seemed definitely like a bit of foresight on his part. I mean, especially once the power goes out and he's like, we are under attack. Yeah. Fuck, we are under attack. Yeah. Uh, there, um, there's some more, um, a little more trivia action, a little vocab for me. you all. The Capayera. Oh, probably I saw mispronouncing this too. Yeah, just uh, before it. Uh, there's a particular scene, I believe it happens before the child is shot. It's kind of that slow motion sequence where you kind of have our, our Teresa um, sort of in a, almost like a combat dance Sort of push, oh, pushing in match the, when it's in yeah, slow mo. Yeah, when they're kind of doing like kicks. And, was that a yes, slow mo? Yes. When they're doing kicks and stuff in the circle. Yes. Yes. So that's a that's based off a combat game that originated by uh, enslaved Africans in Brazil. Uh, so it's kind of a you know sort of spiritual practice as well as a, it, it's a ritual, and that sort of precedes and also foreshadows. I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie that I, as a Western Westerner, was not going to understand as they were unfolding until the end of the movie where mm-hmm. we're all learning what was going on yeah or at least all the you know the, all the white audience and also the white <laughs> characters are are like being unveiled to yeah you know like oh they were not just some some pushover village fuck around motherfucker yeah don't fuck with us jesus christ huh yeah and so you know after the chocolate shot we're all prepared they're this sort of safari right, we going snap in the next into, day. we snap into defense mode after this village is preparing, we, we have a brief... Uh, Flash to base. Yes, with uh, the, the group of white, white, supremacists. white supremacists who are in their little quarters and they're, they're talking amongst themselves. The supermarket manager, the man with the haircut, he's talking about how... Uh, he's, he's a teenager as if... Yeah, he's not really remorseful yeah. what he's on. The prison warden guard... He's, he's very upset. Yeah, he's he's which like, is, I didn't, I'm not going to kill kids. I wasn't yeah, here for that. Yeah, which is, I think... Um, 
I suppose it brings humanity to these random assortment of characters. It, I mean, it it shows that they have principles and they have codes yeah. that they will live and die by, even though they are all pieces of shit. Yes, they, yeah. Let's let's be clear. These are pieces. of Yeah, shit. these are like disgusting, vile, monstrous human beings. But they like, have. I'm glad they got shot. Yeah, had their own sort of like motivations, and yes. even though they all are kind of linked in this unity of being predatory to this group, they're not uniform about it. Yes, and this scene kind of illustrates that when you have. This guard who's, uh, you know, upset that a child right, was shot because I mean, he's not shooting criminals, he's shooting children. Um, you have this other guy who's just a psychopath. And he's Michael's the one that forefronts that. Yeah. To be like, look at this role reversal. Look at what our weird expedition kind of brings out of you, yeah. I guess. And it's like, ugh, shut up, Nazi. <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on now. That, okay, I like this point where he's like, I'm more American than you. Yeah. Like, I've I, lived there longer. I really want to, like, like... I thought that was profound. Cause it, yes, because it's like, well, how do we approach your nationality? How do we approach, like, how can you quantify being an American? Oh, just because I have an accent? Yeah. Like, I can't... I have to be bearing these associations, perhaps unfairly. It's also quite interesting, I mean, in contrast to the, the quote, white Brazilians that we saw earlier from South Brazil. Yeah. Um, who were, like, cops, by the way. Or something. They were like, well, he was like a judge. He was like a minor government official. He was a district judge. Yeah. Not cops. Jesus. Well, huh? But like, well, he was just, uh, he was a figure in the judicial system, which is gross because uh, government and corruption. Um, but. <laughs> Not cops. Know, yeah, no, whatever. You know? <laughs> Keep going. And when you have, let's say, a Nazi who leaves Germany and then lives in America for longer than he was a Nazi in Germany, what does that say about the makeup of Americans? <laughs> What's that say? Yes, yes. Very good point. And so when you have this room of, you know, All presumably Americans plus like one New Zealand guy. Or yeah, there was kind of a mix, like throwing a UK person in there just for shit. Like yeah. whatever. Um, how are they finding unity and yeah. what boundaries are they drawing? Definitely whiteness. Definitely whiteness. And yeah. whiteness is, is transcendent. White, unfortunately. Whiteness yeah. is something Past that... Past boundaries for sure. Past boundary for sure. Whiteness is something that like we all have to do our part in learning, um, mm. because whiteness is like a very harmful thing. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's tied to you know the powers that be. The powers that be. The powers that be that have an interest in erasing black and brown people, as we see these people like very tangibly trying to do, trying to wipe out this town because Tony doesn't like them. Like, ugh. Hang on, Tony loves them. Did Tony you miss the beginning? literally was like, hey, white people, you want to go crazy on this town I don't like? And they all went, yup. Okay, when that van rolls in and they With have the water, like, the water bottles, yeah, that's luxury. That's Tony that was, that was like, I've made my choice. Amigo! So, yes, so, yeah, a bit we, of respite we see a spat, we get insight into these white vessels for violence. Yeah. I loved when he got shot in the vest and he was, like, really like out of breath. Because, really A, yeah. Yeah, you just had an impact. Yeah. You didn't get pierced, but you're certainly out. Yeah, the very big force. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a really just cool scene to include. Um, it, it But it had that really cool lighting when he was walking through the tunnel mm. and it was kind of the blue tunnel around him. That too, yeah. I thought that was really slick. He killed it, um... Kier, I think, like Udo Kier or whatever, yeah, whoever yeah, Michael yeah. was. Um, fantastic. Yeah. He cried at the premiere. Very, oh. very sweet. Speaking of the premiere, really quick, um, this was made in a very small town, like a real small town, yeah. with like 80 people in it. A lot of those 80 people were kind of background, you know. Uh, extra. Extras. Yeah, yeah, thank you. There we go. Um, so a lot of the very densely populated shots we see in the beginning, like that was them. The filmmakers and producers did a special screening of this in that town once the film was complete, and like three thousand people showed up. That's awesome! So shout out, yeah, 
really quick, I actually did want to touch on those shots too. We'll get to like the village siege in just a moment. Oh, but yeah. in the beginning, I was just struck by how densely populated each shot was. Like yeah. you just see crowds and crowds of people from different angles in different environments pouring out of the houses on Main Street in the funeral. And then those, first of all, those, again, just being like richly community, all of these people so near to each other, all of these people touching, all of these people understanding how to live together. And then juxtaposed with extreme long shots of the surrounding mountains, of the surrounding rich jungles, like areas, all of this where you can't even see a single person on screen. So that kind of dichotomy was just very interesting to me to show kind of the richness of the small village, but also its invisibility. And I would also say like the, the richness of the community. This community consists of people. That's kind of what makes it the community. And they have enough to fill up a school even though this is a very sparse and densely populated area, well, there is still at least a grand of this. Gr- group of people that can come together uh, as needed. Yeah, so early on when we get Balkaroos not visible on the map because it's such a flyover space yeah. or because it's so unnoticed by the larger cities, structures around it, whatever. What or it's getting glossed over by big tech. Exactly. It was just great to kind of get a sense that all of these people live here and just because you can't see them from far away doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they can't be seen. Doesn't mean that they don't see each other. And that it's not a decent group of people. Right. That it's not worthwhile. Like, yeah. it, it is. It very much is. And we see that worth and how it's worth defending as Lunga and Pakote and Teresa all get together with Dang. the townsfolk. Definitely playing sick psychological mind tricks. All of the white folk are like, what is happening? Yeah, these white people will <sighs> not see that coming. Let's start with Don, Ming- Don Minga. Yes. Because she's the first townsfolk we see after Michael is like, we're splitting up. Yeah. <laughs> that was not like... No, that was perfect. That was perfect. That was... No, that was part German, part like eight other things equally. So he stumbles into Dominga. Yes. She... So strong. And she she offers a diplomatic solution. She Well, yeah. She... she it's very, very hospitable. Yes. It's kind of, kind of, you know, opening up your arms to say, like, hey, I know you mean to cause this harm, but if we can talk about this ahead of time, like, how could we avoid this? How could we go about it? Why are you doing this? All these other sort of confrontational factors that don't start with a gun. We skipped the most important scene. Which part? The old man, so naked and so old. Watering his plants in the bare nude, full frontal, baby. This is what we want to see. This is what I paid the rent for. His pee-pee was unscreened. Yes. The two white folk are going to kill him. Oh no, this sucks. This and, it, is and it was it was just kind of that greasy balding guy and that crop and top, like the other skinny, woman, yeah. skinny blonde, yeah. Except guess what? <laughs> you thought there's no way in hell. Yeah, uh, his head doesn't exist anymore. When I'm sorry, when his head rightfully in chunks, so, I, that looked good. That looked that that was good, good. actually. Good SFX. It hit. It I've never been happier. Yeah, I was so, I was ready for this to be another one of those tragic like brown yeah. town narrative where it's like oh like we're gonna witness like a lot of trauma in. yeah like the pioneers the yeah. imperialists or the yeah. white people were so violent and so powerful that they subdued this town they subdued and these they, people they, they had their way valiantly but like ultimately lost forever. no way no way Psych. not in Bakulao no are y'all fucking with the wrong neighborhood yeah boosh <gasps> Just those two like elderly people standing over that like one who's like choking on my hand. Yeah. First of all, yeah, her hand. Yeah. You saw like the glove, but like no fingers. Ew. Really good. And they rush her to a hospital. They rush her to the doctor. They rush her to Dominga. Yeah. 
And I mean, unfortunately, I can't say. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, I think fortunately, yeah. like fuck these white people. I'm so happy they all died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she does her best. Yes, and then she she meets the German face to face, kind of on the, yes. the the day of the sort of the. Uh, the assault, the mission. Yes, the yes. So th- this is this is where this is where we're no longer skipping anymore. This is where they've split. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. This is what we got done. Toys. That was really good too, actually. Yeah. This is where they split. This is where he runs into Domingo. She's like, "Hey, I couldn't save her." Um, he speaks Spanish at her as if we were speaking Spanish. Like, good God, Michael. Yeah. We're literally speaking Portuguese. Get with it. I mean, if it makes you feel a little better, it all sounded the same to me. Oh, wow. That makes me feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting you read it as diplomatic. I think there's a lot of credence to that. I think it makes a lot of sense. I totally didn't. Would you I, see it? Well, as it's just uh, as power plays on power plays, I read it as you can come in here, you can be violent, you can kill us, but that's not going to stop us from offering hospitality, from kind of opening our arms, but not in the way that we're just going to roll over and take it. More in the way that like we're going to show you that we're not going to become like you in the yeah, same way. Yeah, we're gonna we're giving you an out almost. Yeah. So I feel like she had like the goal of preventing violence. I yeah I, I don't know I don't know I really I think you're right. Maybe in that. maybe she that, saw it as an inevitability, and perhaps. so this was kind of some sort of mediation. Well, I was like, w- yeah, because when she ate the soup and then drank the drink, I was like, you've shown him that it's safe to eat and drink. Yeah, I still like wanted that to be poison for him somehow, but uh, didn't matter. He didn't eat it. No. Uh, yeah, I I, I guess I, maybe it was an invitation to be seen. Maybe it was an invitation for him to sit with one of these people from Bakurau and actually understand that they are people and yeah. that you can have communion, your food communion yeah. always. But it was way too late for that. It was way too late for that. He's way too deep. He's way too racist. He's way too... Scummy. Scummy. Yeah. Scummy person. Scummy human. Terrible, terrible. Ew, ew, ew. So he doesn't kill Dominga, thank God. I Threatens her with that knife. He does threaten her. <sighs> Get over yourself. That being said, it was a great back and forth. Was a great, you know what I mean? And that's why I read his power moves because they're both kind of like dick swinging at each other. But she stood her ground, bigger. absolutely. She did. She was not afraid. She never backed up. Yeah. She she never showed fear or anything. She was very stoic, and I think that is emblematic of the town. And it's mm-hmm. it's what's when you can't be like pushed back. Indomitability, I uh, guess. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things of just you you can't come in and push Bakura around. That's not how it works here. No. Uh, what, what, was the, what was the the writing on the town? If you come, come in peace. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Thank you for remembering that yeah. because that's also kind of a threat. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> underlying is. Underlying that you is like if I mean? you come in violence, like don't come. Yeah. We're going to kill you. <laughs> so the assault begins. The assault begins. Michael's sniping because he's a piece of shit. At this point, I'm still I'm still a little worried. You know, like, oh, yes. the two elderly people with shotguns, like, oh, they kind of got two free ones. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you know. There, there's resistance. Two, there's resistance. Yeah. But this is, you know, kind of at the point. We're, we're finally at the moment where it's like, ah, uh, you know, they're in the town. This is threatening. Right, because we don't know the scale of the resistance yet. We don't know where anyone is. Yeah. They're doing that kind of psychological mind trick again thing where they all disappear. Yeah. Beautiful. She fires some shots at the school. Just she wants to shoot. Yeah, something. which secretly she got it right. But guess what? Oh, 
when all the doors oh. oh i've never been so excited i've never been so happy i li- i did feel elated i felt so joyous yeah i was like yeah talk shit get hit and i love that this movie went in that direction that's like we're not we're too. not gonna just witness trauma and have this glorious mm-hmm. brave heart moment yeah we are going to kill the oppressors. we're stopping it we're not trapped in these perpetual cycles of yeah. oppression of of the white man coming in and dominating everything hang on hang on there were white women there too Sorry, whiteness. <laughs> Again, just having its way unchallenged. No, there's going to be a challenge and it's going to win and it's going to be... Because when they're killing those two people, you get the shot of all of the townsfolk together. You have Teresa right in front, but behind her and around her are all of the people. I think Picote's there too. I can't remember Yeah, he's exactly there, he's there. Yeah, yeah. So... This is a group effort still. This yeah. is the town standing up for the town. This is not some sect of the town acting. This is not is- isolated from anyone else. This is everyone together. Yeah. And the way that they build everyone moving through the town, the white people being so confused and figuring it out. Yeah. The white prison guard. Yes. In the museum. Yes. Let's get to that now, uh, right? Yeah, and he's, he's, you know, kind of radioing to everyone, hey, they got hey, guns like they might or be whatever. Armed. But this is also just a glimpse into Bakuru's past. We see rebellion squashed yes. in Bakuru, so they have a history of standing up. Being upstarts. Yes, they have a history of, of not being pushed over, of standing what they believe in. Yes. And even if that rebellion was squashed, they still made headlines. They still made enough of a ruckus to mm-hmm. be a rebellion to be squashed, yeah. which I believe you can take a lot of pride in. Yes. And... Lunga. Lunga. Lunga in the floorboards. Lunga Ooh, under the road. When that gun's like poking out, I'm like, here we go, baby. I was like full staff. Sorry. <laughs> but like Lunga. Oh, and then he picked up the machete. Mm-hmm. And he like was hacking him. That was awesome. That was awesome. Look, Lunga did it. And then when the... So that... Okay, then okay. the German starts betraying the yes, other... Yes, love other it. Whites. Yeah, thank God. When he when he pierced the kind of like nerdy gamer, yeah. I was like, yeah, one down. Yeah. And you kind of see it coming because he's putting the the you yeah know, he hairs. he's put them yeah he's had them in his sights for a while. So it's like okay, this betrayal was very premeditated. Yes. Your goal was to always kind of kill your white compatriots, I suppose, and then kill yourself. Question mark. We'll get back to that. Yeah, Michael was doing some stuff. Yeah. But anyway, white people start dropping as they should. Thank yeah. goodness. The other white person, that the New Zealand guy. Are, are you talking about the one with the gamer also? Or are you talking about... Because I was thinking about the guy that went into the museum next. What, the, who? What? The guy who went into the museum after uh, the, the prison, prison guard. guard. Yeah, yeah I, believe, they, I believe that's the New, the New Zealand oh, okay. guy. Yeah, so him. Because he sees the, the gamer getting shot. And then he runs off. Yeah, he runs off and he's in the museum oh, and he yeah, sees the blood on the ground. He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's like, oh, shit. And <laughs> that was so good, actually. I thought that was awesome. Ooh, okay. I can't do it again. No, listen. The best moment of this movie was him stepping through the doorway. And just, like, and then, the f- <laughs> and then the f- And then literally, like, four guns go off and Lunga decapitates them all in the same moment. I thought that sequence was so good. I it was when, so good. when him seeing blood, blood trail, and then you see them behind the walls slaughter. waiting. And yeah. it was kind of quiet. Um, and but I just thought that sequence was so well executed. It was stylized with all the blood. That was mm-hmm. awesome. You can still see the imprints, the guns missing on the walls of the museum, yeah. which I thought was a great effect. And I believe you saw the bloody handprint yeah. from this side too. Yeah. yeah, because he's following the same path. Hyper stylized, so satisfying. When I mean, you see his so head get satisfying. thrown out the, the oh building. my god, they just did such a good job presenting us with the most despicable, spiteful, hateful, easy to piss on the graves of group of white folk. And then slaughtering and them. They, they get killing them. I love the museum because there's 
there's American guns that were on the wall of the museum. And I think that's important because there's an anti-racist sentiment to this movie. It's not particularly anti-American. However, a lot of the characters that are embodying this sort of violence are American American and distinctly and obviously. That's no coincidence. Yes, that is no coincidence whatsoever. However, there is somewhat appreciation for American culture found in this movie. I mean, the guns that they use, the the music that they listen to is kind of throughout the movie. There's instances of it. Um, And just other sort of smatterings throughout. Thought it was cool, but then I think there there is now immediately a comparison that can be made between Brazilian gun culture in this context and, and American, American gun, gun culture. culture, and just what does that mean? Like, what are those? What are their functions? Yes. How are the guns being used? Yes, with the American context, it is to come in and dunk on some brown people who you have dehumanized and have no right to assault or hurt or no real reason to murder. Yes, you can break it up a few ways out of that too i mean one they're on a, they're hunting they're hunting they're hunting they're on some sort of safari Ugh. they the, these things are extraneous they are they are not a means of life and death they are only a means of death whereas you see in the context and the history of the brazilians and how they use guns and how they view guns it's um, defensive it is defensive it is survival it yeah. is a staving it's off imperialism for the community it is by the community it is only interested in reacting i yeah. would say yeah it's it's not about going to a foreign land and executing some weird arbitrary will you have over the creatures that live there yeah. it's about honoring and respecting what you have where you have it and recognizing that if you're under assault you're not going to take that no you're going to protect what you have and it's also reactionary to encroachment and these guns aren't used outside of these contexts. I mean, there's a reason that there's a white stain on the wall where the gun was, because these guns aren't being they used. They haven't been used in so long, yeah. Now, you also see guns used in violent acts by, you know, Pacote. Pacote, and, yeah. And, you know, other get such... to see his top ten hit thing. Yeah. And, and I think these things are condemned. I think so, too. I mean, we get the explicit condemnation pretty early on when Pacote and Teresa are talking. Um, and you get the understanding that Lunga and his gang have been outcast for a reason. Yeah. They are not in the town um, even though they get kind of folded back in as as necessary. Yeah. Bakuaru is a place that has distanced itself a little bit from its violent past, but is unafraid to take up arms again when it's necessary. Yes, and I think that is a really good illustration on idea ideologies behind guns and just general cultures and their usage of them. Because even though American gun culture way back when started out as a means of protecting your property... It very quickly transformed into a means of protecting your expansion. Yes. And i.e. going into places and killing people. And I think this is just that pretty much on a one to one scale here. Yeah. Of just white people going where they shouldn't be. I mean where well, not I mean welcome. America as its founding was the you Well know, exactly, exactly. Of See the shining chi, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that, like just just venturing out and having no respect for the people or the places or anything and only being concerned with their own selfish goals. And not having any accountability. I mean, they had the mayor sort of in their pockets. Yeah, ready to, like, welcome them. They were financed. And another thing which is important, to, I think, to, to sort of point out is these, these hunters... They they were using vintage guns to them, right? They as, were like quirky, I yeah, guess. to be quirky about it. To you know, oh, I, I fell in love when I was babysitting in New York because the owners had these. You know, it's, yeah, it's clearly a wealth divide. It's mm-hmm. clearly a romanticization, mm-hmm. and I want to emphasize that too. That like you know, these Americans are doing stuff that's completely backwards, gross, disgusting. By it's know, barbaric, so it's it savage. Um, because it it romanticizes notions that are unhealthy and bad, whereas. 
the Bakuruns are doing it because this is their turf. This is their community. And well, like, these are their lives. Yeah, exactly. And, like, who are you to come and take that away? Who are you to, like, kill these farmers, to kill these members of a community, to cause to all this... To shoot a child. To shoot a child to cause all this sorrow and un- unnecessary, unprompted suffering. For what? For what? Fun. Money. Ugh. Point. Score. Yeah. All, all things that don't matter at all. The vintageness that the Bakaruian... What are people from Bakaru called? People. I loved that. Yeah. These people, they're using older guns because those are the guns they've had and the guns they've used and the Not guns that Not because they've been, like, objectified or put on a weird pedestal or, like, glorified. They're not choosing these guns because they right. have a choice. Right. This is what they're equipped with versus... These are the tools of their survival. Yeah, yeah. After we decapitate all six of these heads and we capture the German. We capture Michael, who was about to kill himself. And this is where we get to see the grandma again. Yes. Which I think does reinforce her role as a sort of spiritual guide or spiritual protector. Just just that um, magic realist, which I love throughout this movie. And I believe Brazilian films kind of definitely delve into a little bit. We see her prevent him from killing himself. And in that sense, bringing him to a greater justice than if he had opted out himself. I want to just talk about some things that were a little clunky about this movie. Um, Your words, not mine. Yes, and this is my opinion. Um, I I didn't quite understand the the German guy who portrayed them and then turned the gun on himself. Uh, That seemed kind of unfounded, and like his motivations just seemed unknown and odd. He's a character too, whatever. We don't know a lot about any of these people. Well, so the villains are a little flat. I mean, we we understand the motivations behind, like the you know. I mean, not like quite a few of them. Not like all the way. Yeah, they're still a little watered down. Other than I gotta get my anger out. Yeah, the the only one that we really got a sense of was the prison guard being like, "This is like God giving me a chance to vent that anger here." Yeah, it was either that or like I'm horny slash have no emotional like presence. You know, it was like, and there's still all glimpses. I think there's still all glimpses. It's it's fine that they're outlandish, evil characters. Like that's I have no problem with that. It just. Like, especially with the, the attempted suicide at the end, after betraying them, it just seems so odd. I was like, what's, why is this suddenly unraveling? I don't know. I rolled with it, too. Like, I think that Michael is just clearly a very demented person, and I think he can't be understood through the same... He can't be understood through the same means that, like, you and I might understand other people, because Michael is, like, clearly barely a person. Yeah, that's true. Um, what was your favorite scene? <sighs> you go first. Hmm... I I think choosing the scene where a child gets shot is not the right answer. But I, I like the technical elements of that movie. I thought it was... This might sound a little silly, but for being in the pitch black, it was well lit. Yeah. Um, like the idea that, like, oh, I'm just going to wander into the darkness, but the fact that I can still kind of see, like, layered depth in it was really good. But I I don't know. I think I... I think my favorite scene is when the, the, the two men who are returning the horses realize the situation that they're in. And when they're trying to get back in, say, hey, you didn't see what I just saw. Like, we're going to die. That quick acknowledgement of it and then them trying to worm their way out but knowing that they're screwed was really cool to kind of just see those two characters kind of navigate on the fly, even though it had sort of tragic results. Yeah, that was a very good sequence. I really enjoyed the flip side of that, actually, where they're dead in the back of the Jeep and Picote is driving them to Lunga. Oh, And yeah. he's yelling and he's screaming and he's like, I told you not to go, and he's banging on the steering wheel. I think that was just a very rich performance. I thought that the actor playing Picote showed us quite a range and quite an intensity that felt so raw and emotive and and honest. And, I, like, it, it was very impactful. It was a very impactful sequence. Um, and I liked it a lot. Man, Bakru had a lot. 
Bakugo covered some ground, man. It certainly did. And that's a wrap on Bakurao. Join us next week for Wild Tales, a collection of relatos salvajes, ranging in absurdity from a ruined wedding to a dejected demolition man. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Subtitled Cinema for movie lists, behind-the-scenes content, and other good fun. And I believe we have a website. I believe we do. I think it's SubtitledCinema.com. Well, I'll have to go check it out. I'm Kivan. And I'm Mikral. And thank you for listening.